Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Welcome, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about what to do if your kids are likely to inherit some money. So a common case that I see a lot is a a married couple in their 70s. They have a home that's probably worth about $500,000 that they bought for $50,000 to $100,000, you know, 30, 40 years ago. They're both collecting Social Security and annually they're getting anywhere from $40,000 to $60,000 a year and maybe a little extra from a, a pension or other fixed income sources. And they've been able to accumulate some savings between checking CDs, IRA accounts, anywhere from 500000 to a you know, million dollars or more. So when I talk to these individuals, they're probably only spending maybe fifty dollars to $70,000 a year. Um, they're not really touching their savings. They're not relying on the uh, principal at all for their lifestyle. And they're living a very comfortable life. You know, essentially, they have little to no mortgage. They have some comfortable expenses, uh, but they're not, you know, s- spending a ton. So, if you're in your 70s and you're not really spending into the principal of your accounts, it's unlikely that all of a sudden your lifestyle is going to change dramatically. That you're going to want to start spending a lot more money. You know, traveling the world and taking fancy and exotic uh, trips or expensive toys. It's just not the personality. If you've been spending a certain way for 30, 40, 50 years, you're likely to continue spending. Essentially what that means is that if between the the equity in the home and their savings, you know, there's roughly about a million dollars, it's likely that million dollars is going to be there when they pass and their kids are going to inherit a decent amount of money. And that there's also the chance that that could continue to grow with market performance and uh, you know, addition excess income, so that that million might grow to be two million. So the question I get a lot is, do we need to do anything? And if you're the child in this equation, you might also be asking your advisor, uh, is there anything I need to be doing from my parents' perspective? And the answer, as you can imagine, is it depends. So essentially, what we do for clients is we take them through all the things that could either uh, increase the, the future value of their assets as well as could decrease the future value of their assets and walk through the possible strategies or solutions that would address each of these areas so that they can kind of come up with a game plan that's appropriate for them because there's not a right answer for everybody. It's about finding the solution that matches your personality, your uh, you know, feelings around money and control and you know, the, the, the legacy that you want to leave. So I'm going to walk you through a couple of the key areas that we have some dialogue around. And if you're listening, you might choose to engage with your significant other in this dialogue or your advisor. Or if you're an adult child and parents are getting of this age, you might you know, have some discussion and making sure they're answer- asking the right questions. So the first area that you know, was a buzzword for a long period of time was the idea of estate taxes or will we owe tax? Uh, well, will our kids have to pay tax on any of this money? And with the federal rules around estate taxes and the limits being relatively high, you know, if you have an estate of one to two million dollars, it's unlikely that your kids will owe any state or federal estate taxes. So a lot of you know the kind of creative trust planning and exotic estate planning topics that 
might have been appropriate 15, 20 years ago, essentially are, are not really as valuable with you know, mid-sized estates in that one to you know, few million dollar range. So you realize you don't need to do any complex estate planning to protect against the federal government taking your money. Another area that clients often have questions about or concerns about is the idea of nursing home or medical expenses that may exceed their monthly budget. And you know there are insurance plans that you can put in place to offset some of this risk. Um, but the, the challenge that I see in most clients if they're waiting till their late 60s, 70s, when they start comparing the cost of the insurance compared to what they're spending each month in travel and entertainment, you know, let's say that long-term care insurance policy has a seven or eight thousand dollar a year premium, and they only spent five thousand dollars last year on their vacation, they would probably rather just take another vacation and roll the dice on what might happen than you know put all that money to insurance. I'm not saying that's the right decision, but that's just how you know emotionally people tend to view paying for something that they don't, they're not sure if they're going to cash in on versus a trip they can enjoy these days. So essentially what we do for clients is we have the what-if scenarios. And the what-if you one or both of you were to need advanced medical care and there was no insurance in place, what would that look like? And how long would it take for your money to be spent down? And, you know, if there's enough money to maybe cover seven or eight years of care and the average care is probably three years, they may say, you know what, well, if I need to spend a little bit of it, that's fine. The kids are probably still going to get a good chunk. And I'd rather, you know, travel now and not have to worry about buying insurance. Other clients would see the potential decline in their overall assets and realizing that they're not spending it now. So, Instead of giving it to their kids now, they're going to use it to cover by insurance to, to protect a bigger chunk of the money down the road. Um, so nursing homes, medical expenses, it's, it's a really uh, difficult discussion to have because no one wants to talk about it. Um, but you want to just start to have some preparedness to saying, look, either we're going to buy insurance or we're not going to buy insurance. And if we're not going to buy insurance... When should we be thinking about maybe some trust planning or you know get transfers that might ensure you know safeguarding some of these assets without having to rely on insurance? The two most uh, impactful discussions we have around uh, you know an inheritance and is there anything that you need to be doing now is with regards to income taxes uh, and then the idea of leaving a legacy and what type of legacy that they want to leave. So let's start with income taxes. Um, the, the couple I described earlier, you know, that's living essentially off Social Security and maybe some distributions from their IRAs, uh, after they take their standard deductions, they're, you know, somewhere between that 12 to 22% tax bracket. And if they have an IRA that might have three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in it, the government has never gotten their crack at that money. So if they pass away and their kids inherit that money and their kids might be you know successful individuals earning a little bit more money and maybe in that 25 to 35 percent tax bracket the kids are going to have to pay income taxes on that IRA distribution so although they don't have to do anything today sometimes we'll have the discussion with clients about maybe taking a little bit bigger of a di- distribution paying some of the taxes now, but putting that money somewhere that it will be more tax advantageous if they want to use it down the road or if their kids uh, do inherit those funds or they need to kind of safeguard it from medical expenses. 
Um, so taxes is a big, big, a big barrier. Um, and clients don't always like to talk about paying more taxes today, but it may also be the right thing long term that you know can add more money to the overall family pot than um, you know kind of just ignoring it and leaving it to the to the end to worry about. On the flip side, if the parents are in a higher income tax bracket and maybe the the beneficiary of a lot of these accounts are grandkids or younger children um, that might be in a lower tax bracket, then the decision might be to try to preserve as much of it as possible in there and and let the kids pay the taxes and let the parents continue to benefit from tax-deferred growth along the way. Finally, we have the discussion about legacy. And usually the discussion here turns to do we give some of the money away now or do we wait and give it away later? And ultimately, if a client is nervous about their ability to spend or cover expenses, they're more likely to say, well, I'm going to keep all of it. And if I don't need it or whatever I don't use, the kids will benefit from it at that point or share in it, Um, which is a very viable and kind of common strategy. Uh, The the, where we help as advisors is, is kind of looking at life expectancy and say if you're a 70-year-old couple and one of you is likely to you know, last till 90, 95, 100, by that time your kids will be 60, 65, 70. Uh, your grandkids might be in their 40s. And you know, the usefulness or what they will do with the money um, might be a lot different than what they might be able to do with it now. Um, so you know, we kind of have that discussion about, you know, What's a good safety buffer that says even if you spend a little bit more or need some medical care, how much are you likely to need? And then if there are really some funds that would be really excess that you're very unlikely to ever need, you know, that might be the where you start thinking about could I make a gift now or should I be, you know, helping with college funding or just transferring money into a, a you know, somebody else's tax ID so that you're not burdened with it down the road. You know, oftentimes, you know, it's it's not unaffordable for a client or an uh, you know in that situation to be able to gift five thousand uh, a year or a one-time ten or twenty thousand dollar gift without drastically altering their financial futures. Um, you just want to do it with some thought and making sure that you know. Uh, one, that you value the gift and you don't resent the fact that you gave away your money. And two, that the kids that are receiving it don't kind of feel entitled that they're owed that money or that it's something that's going to be coming every year. So you want to make sure there's an open dialogue and that it aligns with what's important to you and your family. You know, when it comes to inheritances and wealth transitions, uh, this is a lot of new territory for a lot of families and, and uh, you know, uh, as a society. Uh, you had a, previous generations that worked hard and survived the Great Depression, and if there was a few bucks left over, um, you know, kids were lucky. But in a lot of situations, you had you know older adults today were more likely to have to be financially responsible for their parents later, being a caregiver. Um, so this idea where there's most likely going to be some excess funds or excess resources is new territory. And, you know, as you've heard me say, there's not a one-size-fits-all solution for everybody, but there is a right solution for you and your family. It really starts with open dialogue between you and your significant other about, you know, what's likely and what the potential is. Uh, and then, you know, when, when the time is right, maybe engaging your children or your grandchildren to better understand, you know, what their life is like and, 
you know, how a gift today might make a difference or, you know, how they'd rather just not have to worry about it. And if there's anything left over, they'll, they'll, they'll get it then. But they really want to make sure that mom and dad are doing everything they are doing and not having to worry about money. So, you know, like I said, you start by asking uh, the questions about, you know, do we have enough for our lifestyle? Do we have a little bit extra just in case there's a medical or, uh, you know, unexpected expenses? And if there truly is money left over or a little bit more than you're likely to need, you know, what's what makes us feel good? Do we want to, you know, give it in the form of a vacation or in the form of a supplemental retirement savings to get them off on the right foot? Or do we feel better just keeping it in the coffers and knowing we're going to keep a good eye on it? And, you know, when the time comes, they'll get it. And if we live till 110 and they don't get it for a long time, well, that's okay too because we got to hang around a little bit longer. So, you know, like I said, hopefully these this topic is of interest and sparks some good conversation. Like a lot of financial planning topics, it's nothing that's urgent. Um, you usually, you know, you're not, you've got a lot of years to think this through. So, the downside of when there's not an urgency, sometimes it, it allows you to kind of keep kicking the can down the curb. And um, you want to make sure at some point you have some some dialogue and start to maybe put some things in writing or at least some some thoughts down on paper. So that will you know help you kind of you know, be more proactive in the process. Thanks again for listening and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Now, I hope you can apply some of what you heard today to improve your relationship with money. And thanks again for listening. Until next time, on Great Points with Matt Schroeder. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.